Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. And actually, just before we get started on my gentle rant today, I'd like to invite you to download your simple guide to getting rid of energy crashes and sugar cravings. It's on my website, aftersugarclub.com forward slash energy guide. That's aftersugarclub.com forward slash energy guide. You can download it right after this episode. I'm your host, Netta Gorman, and this week I have a bone to pick with how other people perceive our way of living our life after sugar. So in this episode, I wanted to tell you about something that really annoys me, and it's about how other people perceive my life after sugar. I mean, I'm pretty public about telling people how great I feel and how amazed I am about how great I feel after having cut out sugar and flour and sweeteners over five years ago. And what amazes me even more is that despite the fact that I go on and on about how great I feel and all the benefits in my health and in my body and in my mind and in my relationship with sugar and with myself, despite all this, people still say to me, why are you doing it? And I'm like, well, I just told you how great I feel. Are you even listening? And look, I'm no psychologist, but over time I realized, you know what? I think a lot of people are actually using projection and are asking why I do it, not because they're actually asking me, Netta, but maybe because they're just wondering for themselves how it could even be possible for them. And from the little I know of psychology, I think this is called projection. And I get it because I was in their shoes not that long ago. And if someone had told me six years ago that they didn't eat sugar or sweet foods anymore, I would also have said like, well, why? Because you know what they say, if you eat a healthy diet, your life will be longer, but it'll seem endless. <laughs> and I certainly imagine that any life without chocolate and ice cream and cookies and desserts was just not worth living. So I get it. And then I ran into a quiz by Gretchen Rubin. And this quiz changed my way, not only of seeing sugar and seeing my relationship with sugar, but of seeing other people's relationship to my relationship with sugar, if that makes any sense. And Gretchen Rubin, smart cookie, no pun intended, makes the distinction between some people who are moderators and some people who are abstainers. Now, I'd never heard of this before, so I certainly couldn't put myself in one of the two camps. And obviously, it's an oversimplification in the sense that with seven or eight billion people on the planet, it's unlikely that we all fit neatly into two boxes. 
But this generalization still makes some sense because what she says is also my experience and maybe yours as well. She says that for food at least, a piece of advice that she often sees is be moderate, don't have ice cream every night, but if you try to deny yourself altogether, you'll fall off the wagon. So allow yourself to have the occasional treat and it will help you stick to your plan. And that makes total sense. I hear this all the time. Moderation is key. And for the longest time, just like Gretchen, I kept trying this strategy, trying and failing. I tried having just a little bit of ice cream. I never could. I tried having just one or two cookies. I couldn't do it. I tried having just one square of chocolate. It wasn't working for me and it just made me feel like a failure. I felt like there was something wrong with me. And what I read from Gretchen is a line from Samuel Johnson, who one time said when someone offered him wine, abstinence is as easy to me as temperance would be difficult. Aha! In other words, he wasn't a moderator. I'm not a moderator. Gretchen's not a moderator. We're abstainers. Now, there's not one that's better than the other, but for me, I actually found it far easier to give sugar up altogether, completely, than to indulge just moderately or from time to time. Now, I didn't know this about myself before. I just kind of stumbled across it. But when I admitted to myself that I was eating ice cream or cookies or chocolate very often, several times a day, not in moderation at all, and not how I set out to eat it. Plus, I was judging myself for not being good enough about how I was behaving. Then I felt much better about the fact that it was actually easier for me to give it up completely. Easier, healthier, and more like my own natural personality. So I accepted this part of myself knowing that I wasn't broken in some way and that if I try to moderate, it's just exhausting. I just keep having to debate with myself. Is this enough? Is this too much? Should I eat again today? Should I wait until tomorrow? Should I start on Monday? Does this one count? Does this bite? Does this lick? And it was like, it was making me crazy. Whereas for me, not eating any at all requires no self-control. Whereas if I eat just a little bit, that requires of me, with my personality as an abstainer, enormous self-control. And I fail at it. So again, there's no right way or wrong way. It's just a matter of knowing yourself. And sometimes it takes the experience for us to get to know ourselves. So it's just a matter of knowing what kind of strategy works better for you. And really, if moderators try to abstain, they feel trapped and rebellious. Whereas if abstainers try to be moderate, they spend a lot of time and energy justifying why they should go ahead and indulge. And that was my case. Maybe it's yours. And this really made an impact on me because other people can be surprisingly judgmental about which approach you take. And especially if your approach doesn't happen to match with their approach. 
So because I found out that I'm an abstainer, I often get disapproving comments like, oh, look, it's not healthy to take such a severe approach. You're exaggerating. Why don't you learn to better manage yourself or manage your, your behavior? Or this one, my favorite, can't you just let yourself have a little fun? Uh, excuse me, do I look like I'm not having fun? Who are you to judge whether or not I'm having fun in relation to what I'm eating? In fact, I'm having way more fun now that I'm comfortable with and that I respect my natural personality as an abstainer than I did before, feeling guilty and judging myself for not being able to moderate properly. On the other hand, I, I hear other abstainer types saying to moderators, you can't keep cheating and expect to make progress or why don't you just quit cold turkey? But that's not their way either. So basically, different approaches work for different people, says Gretchen Rubin. And I tend to agree because that's my experience. And barring like real hardcore addiction, where it's generally accepted that abstaining is pretty much the only solution, some people are perfectly happy moderating sugar. And I say more power to you. What I respect is somebody who's found out what their natural personality is like and respects it and matches their behavior to it. So how do you know if you're a moderator or an abstainer? Well, Gretchen says that you're a moderator if you find that occasional indulgence heightens your pleasure and strengthens your resolve or if you get panicky at the thought of never getting or doing or eating something, then you're probably a moderator. Whereas you're an abstainer, if you have trouble stopping something once you've started, or if you're not tempted by things that you've decided are off limits. And that's totally the case for me, much to my surprise. So sometimes instead of trying to give something up, we try to push ourselves into embracing something that doesn't fit with our natural personality. So we like push ourselves. I did this. I used to push myself to go to the gym. I hated going to the gym. And it wasn't just that I hated the exercise. I hated the smell of the gym. I hated the sound of the gym. I just hated it all. I didn't hate physical activity. I hated the gym and I ended up just not going because I was pushing myself to embrace something that just didn't fit with me. And maybe this is the flip side of being an abstainer. but. I found that if I'm trying to make myself do something or eat something or not eat something, I do better if I do that thing every day. So for me, not eating sugar is something that I do every day, if that makes sense. It's not something that I stop myself from doing. Not eating sugar is something that makes me feel good and I want to feel good every single day. It requires no effort, no self-control, because it fits with my natural personality. So hopefully that makes sense to you. It definitely made a big impact on me. And I'm curious to know if you identify yourself as an abstainer or as a moderator. And do these two categories ring true for you? So I'd really love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me through my website, at aftersugarclub.com.
aftersugarclub.com. That's aftersugarclub.com. Don't forget to follow this podcast so you won't miss another episode. And if you feel that it's helping you, scroll down and leave me a positive review. Thank you. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.